Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? totally. this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And as always, if everyone or anyone has been paying attention, we do have a guest tonight. So first thing I want to do is uh, I do want to have our guest introduce himself real quick. Um, Just give us your name, where you're from, just a brief introduction, and then uh, we'll get started. Hey, my name is Gary B. Um, I'm coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina tonight. Mm. Nice. Charlotte, North Carolina. So that is happens to be one of the places I want to I want to visit uh, at some point. How's the? I, just curiosity. How's the weather there right now? Is it like super hot? Uh, no, actually, it's cooled off recently. Um, it does get hot in the summer, but we've had a relatively uh, mild summer as opposed to normal. But I like it hot and humid because I'm crazy like that. But uh, <laughs> the fall weather has come in. It's very nice. It's a nice place to live. Yeah, well, it beats the hell out of. Uh, I I lived in Wisconsin for years. I lived in Ohio. Mike lives in Cleveland. I'm in Indiana. Um, the winters absolutely blow in these areas, right, Mike? <laughs> no, they're wonderful. I yeah, love okay, it. It's okay, winter man. wonderland. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So, but anyhow, so I yeah, I sit there every time I we talk to somebody who's from a nice area. I'm like, how's the weather? Is it beautiful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up in upstate New York, so I've done my time in the cold. Ah, okay. Yes, I grew up south of Rochester, New York. Okay. And I went to school in uh, Potsdam, so that's an hour and a half ah. south of Montreal, Canada. And yep. the average temperature during the school year is negative ten. So I've, <laughs> I've done my time. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you that. We had uh, we actually had on uh, on our mom's side. And I don't even know if you knew this, Mike, but uh, we had family that lived or, or actually came from Oswego, New York. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you know where that's at, but um, I do. yeah, that's by uh, Fort Ontario because we used mm-hmm. to, when we visit family up there, we used to go and actually climb the wall and play inside this old abandoned fort. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so, but anyhow, as always, that that's a tangent. But um, so... Um, You've listened to us. You do not follow us on social media because from what I understand, you do not have social media, but you've listened to us. Uh, So you definitely know how this whole thing that we do um, goes. But uh, Mike does a a pretty goddamn good job of explaining what uh, what we're looking for and what our, again, our quote unquote format is. So, Mike. Right. 
Well, Gary, um, yeah, you know, we know, I'm sure you've heard this before. We know how to fuck up our lives. We know how to fuck up the lives of everybody around us. We don't care about that. We know how to do it already. We're interested in the solution. Excellent. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why I listen to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you you know, I mean, people give us a background. That's cool. You know, let us know how you got to where you are. But um, yeah, right. we don't want to we don't want to go through an hour of, of drunk stories because, uh, yeah, we, we've all been there. So we've got um, plenty of them ourselves. <laughs> Correct. We, and I definitely <laughs> earned my seat in AA. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's your turn to tell us about that, Gary. So go ahead. OK. Um, well, my sobriety date is November 19th, 2017. Um, I was born in a small town south of Rochester, New York, called Hornell with an H, not a C. Um, <clears throat> and I do want to give a little context uh, before I get into the, the solution and how I got sober. Um, Absolutely. And how I stay sober. Um, where I, when I was growing up, my parents um, got divorced when I was two. They were quite young when they had me. They were both 18. And um, my mom got remarried when I was five, and my father got remarried when I was seven, and it could be three and five, I don't remember. Long story short, so I grew up with two sets of parents and four sets of grandparents, and I thought that that was the way everyone was. <laughs> and so when I got to school and found out that most kids only had two parents, not two sets of parents, and didn't switch back and forth, that was odd to me. Um, but I lived with my mom and my stepfather, who I call my dad, and um, they <clears throat> they were really good to me. Um, my stepfather uh, had a an anger issue and um, would would be quite violent, but not abusive when we were kids. And so when I was ten, I decided to move in with my real father and my stepmother. And little did I know, I was going from the frying pan into the fire. Um, and so, uh, I moved over there when I was 10 and about the time I was 12 was when the weird punishment started. And, um, basically from 12 to, I left when I was almost 18. So 17, there was emotional and physical abuse there. Um, and I, I'm not saying this for, you know, I, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I, I, I just want to relate if someone is out there, uh, I want them to know that you can survive this and you can actually use it to your advantage. Um, but I'll tell you some of the strange stuff. So the first one that I remember was uh, I had to take the garbage out every week. Um, that was one of my chores, which is fine because we all had chores to do. And I forgot one week. So she strew the garbage all over my room and I had to sit with that for a week. So yeah. I never forgot to take out the garbage again. Um, and that tended to escalate. Um, and it, it got worse over time. The other thing uh, in the background was that uh, she always told me that all of that stuff was my fault. The, f the reason that she treated me the way that she did was because I was a bad person and would never make anything of myself. Um, and that, that just went on and on and on. Um, and so I had a lot of negative thought loops in my head by the time I left there. Um, and so eventually what happened was I got old enough to get a car and I had some freedom kind of thing because I could drive. And then uh, I went and asked my mom and my stepfather if I could move back in with them. And um, I did that. And then about a month later, I realized that I could have left a long time ago and got really, really fucking angry. And so angry that I couldn't, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't 
even talk to people. Like at work, I would just shake. If anyone looked at me cross-eyed, I just want to punch them. Um, and that was the first round of therapy that I did. I went and told my mom I need some help. And uh, the therapist and I did a, a, did a lot of anger management and we went through everything that had happened. I, I had to tell someone kind of all the stuff that had happened. Um, and I was okay with it. Um, <clears throat> and it was around that time that I probably had my first drink. And I will tell you that it took away all those negative thought loops in my head and mm -hmm. it, it allowed me a freedom and I loved it. And there was never any one. There was, this one is great. I want five bazillion. Um, <laughs> and that's how I drank. Um, I was more of a binge drinker. I drank a lot in college. Um, I used it as reward um, because that's part of what I was taught as well. And then over time, it just got worse and worse. And um, then I started working at a bar and that was kind of the end of the beginning. And um, about seven years ago, um, I was drinking daily around the clock. Uh, I was physically addicted to it um, mm -hmm. and would shake. And I would play that tape in my head every night um, that you would drink if, if you went through what I went through too. And I'd play over and over all the things that she did. And also uh, resentment against my, um, my real father who stood by and let that happen. Mm -hmm. um, so three things happened. I, I had three shots across the bow before I came into the program. Um, the first one was my aunt, who is my father's, um, my father's sister. And I'm the oldest grandchild, and she's the youngest of, uh, of my father's siblings. So we're only five years apart, and we kind of grew up together, and we're fairly close. Um, during college, we had lost touch with each other, but I was trying to repair that relationship. And so I was visiting her and her husband and her two kids um, and just, you know, drank my face off and basically blacked out like it was Friday and then it was Sunday. But during that time, I think I had fallen on the floor or something. She said to me, if you are going to continue to act like this, you can no longer be with my family and I will not have you in my house. And I, and I heard that, like mm -hmm. that was a moment of clarity that they talk about. And that was the first one. Um, the second one was my best friend. Um, and her name is Karin. Um, she actually cut me out of her life. Um, we became good friends. She was my work wife for a while. And, um, she just stopped coming around and stopped answering my calls and my texts. And she sent me an email, which I didn't read cause I was drunk. Um, which I eventually read. And it basically said in there, like, I can't sit here and watch you kill yourself. She's right. like my, I, her father actually is in recovery and has been sober for a long time. And she's like, I can't go through it. And so that was the second one. And the third one um, was the last big bender that I had. Um, I was at home alone. Uh, my partner had gone to New York and um, I was home alone and had planned to have enough to last the weekend. And in a blackout, I called my sister. I still don't know to this day what I said. And my sister and I are very close. Um, kind of like you are with, I think it's Kathy. Is that her name? I don't remember. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so um, what happened was when I kind of came to on Monday and you're in that fog, I kind of, I hate that anxiety, like looking through your phone, like who did I call? So I called my sister and she didn't say hello. 
she answered the phone and she just said, you need help. Mm. And that was it. And so I contacted my doctor and I said, I need, um, I need, I need a therapist that specializes in alcoholism. And he gave me the name of a therapist that's at Anuvia here. And um, I know you don't live in Charlotte, but Anuvia is an IOP program here. It's a, a center. Um, they have meetings there too. And they have the Alcathon there every year. But anyway, so I called Anuvia not knowing anything about the program and said, I need to make an appointment with this doctor. And they said, well, you can't. I was like, what do you mean I can't? I like, I, I need help. And they're like, we have to do an intake. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I set up a time to go do that. And I think it was like the next day and I was still in a fog. And the, the poor guy that did the intake, he kept saying, are you sure this is what you need? And I was like, dude, I need to fucking stop drinking. Like I cannot do this anymore. I don't care what it takes. I just need help. And he kept saying, okay. And they signed me up for IOP. Um, and then, um, I didn't start IOP immediately. They did, they did an orientation which happened to be on a Tuesday and I'm a lot of that, the details are foggy, but I remember that was a Tuesday and you'll know why in a minute. And so I went to this orientation and the lady said, you're going to have to go to meetings. And I was like, what meetings? And she goes, <laughs> you know, we, we want you to go to AA meetings. I was like, all right. And so I said, is there such a thing as gay AA? And she was like, yeah. So she, <laughs> she Googled it. Um, and <laughs> there was a meeting that night. She said, you're in luck here. And she printed it out and handed it to me and said, it's called acceptance. It's on Tuesdays. And um, so I left and I drove to the meeting and I sat in the parking lot and I almost left. Um, and I'll never forget the, the first one. And I was like, all right, I'll get out of the car because I didn't know where to go. I'll get out of the car and see what happens. And thankfully, <clears throat> there was a greeter outside. And he's like, hey, are you looking for a meeting? And I said, yes, without <laughs> thinking. And they're like, come over here. So then it was too late. I was trapped. But <laughs> we had you. That's right. And I'm very grateful for it. Uh, and that group is my home group. They meet nice. on Tuesdays and Fridays. And it has been my home group for the last uh, almost six years now. <laughs> um, and when I do my service work and I greet, I always greet outside on purpose because right. without someone being there, I would have gotten back in my car and left. Right. And, um, that's how I got to my first meeting and these people were laughing and they had fun and they were getting along. And I was like, you people are fucking sober. Like what the hell? Like, isn't this awful? And, you know, and it, they just, they had so much fun and they were quite friendly, but I didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, right but I wanted what they had. And in the first meeting, um, they always read the promises at the end. That's sure. what we close with. And um, you will find a new freedom and a new happiness mm -hmm. was what I wanted. And that's what made me come back. And they kept telling me, they're like, just come back to another meeting. I was like, okay. People like handing me their phone numbers. I'm like, what is this? Like, I don't, I don't even know you, you know, <laughs> that the weird kind of thing. Right. Uh -huh. uh, <clears throat> And so I didn't do a 90 and 90, which I recommend to my sponsees now. Mm -hmm. um, but I did, I did go to probably five meetings a week. And it took me a long time to even like say hello to anybody. Like for the first six months, I would just sat and kind of listened and um, also shared. But um, the first guy that said hello to me at that meeting, uh, his name is Chris. Um, he was my first sponsor. I asked him to sponsor me. 
Mm-hmm. And we went through the steps. Um, and it was good. Um, and a lot of times I like to tell my story based on the steps. And I don't know how you guys do things, but yeah. so um, my my step one work that I like to talk about, I was reviewing these the other day on the way back from Columbia. <laughs> I had to drive down for work. Homework. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a lot more stories to pick from now when, you know, right. the first year. Let's see. I haven't told my story in a couple of years, so I got more there. Um, but the way that I did step one, um, and so when I came, I'm going to back up a little. When I came, that's the part when I was doing this is so disjointed, but whatever. <laughs> it's the way we do it. That's right. right. Never, never a straight line. Put it together, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, at the same time that I joined AA on my own, I found a therapist to work with. And um, that was part of my God shots. And I've had so many, they're innumerable so far in my sober journey. And they're amazing. And so the first one, obviously, was the person in the parking lot that said hello to me, because otherwise I wouldn't end up in the program. I might have eventually, but I was glad that they did that. Um, And the second one was, I was just scrolling through like psychology today, looking for a therapist. And I was I just put in people that were gay friendly and did alcoholism and this guy popped up and I was like, all right, that's cool. And I called him. Well, little did I know he specialized in trauma and he does parts work and um, we don't have to get into all the psychology behind that. Um, But it it was very helpful to dig into uh, the trauma that had happened. And so I did both of those side by side Um, and I, I still do use therapy. I took a year off after I got to a point where I was like, I just want to live. <laughs> like I'm good. I'm good. I've done a lot of work. I just want to live. Um, so anyway, back to my, my step one, he suggested my therapist at the time, uh, he suggested that I read dry and I think it's Augustine Burroughs or Augustine Burroughs. And when I read that book, um, that was the first time that, someone drank like I did, thought about alcohol like I did, lived his life like I did, especially the last two years. Um, And it gave me a lot of anxiety. It was like looking in a mirror. Mm -hmm. And so um, I discussed that uh, both with my sponsor and my therapist. And then um, they suggested that I read it again. And when I did, and any time that that uh, anxiety came up, I would write down what it was about it that caused me the anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, waking up and shaking and sweats for no reason and being anxious every day and, you know, not remembering what I did the night before, apologizing to everybody, all those things. Like your stomach it hurts. We all know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have that list. Actually, I looked at it today. And um, throughout my sobriety, if I ever doubt that I'm an alcoholic, and <laughs> there have been times, sure. it's like, I got this. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm good. I go back and read those. And I usually only get through about the first four, and I'm like, I don't want that shit again. There's no, right. no fucking way. Um, and <laughs> that's how I did my step one. So it's not, you know, as much as I love AA and it's a big part of my life, there's a <laughs> lot of things I've done in recovery that aren't necessarily by the AA book, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Although I respect the big book quite a bit. Right. Um, and I've read it once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, two came, 
step my step two was more uh came around over time um mm -hmm. and one of the things that i remember that uh, a sponsor told me was um just believe that i believe in a higher power until you figure out what your higher power is so right. just I've heard believe that once in before me. yeah <laughs> and yep. um that's good advice Mm -hmm. And it's one I've given to mine. And so that's kind of how I did step two. Uh, organized religion and I do not get along. Mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> With having four sets of grandparents, one of them didn't go to church, and the other three did, and they went to three different denominations, which they took me to, and at each one they said something different about God. Right. So <laughs> as a kid, I was very confused. Mm -hmm. um, and nothing against Catholics, but if you're not whatever they do baptism whatever you can't go up and get the wafer yeah so me and like the four way, other the kids are in the... the pews and everyone else is lined up and we're like uh -huh. with us right as alcoholics a lot of alcoholics at least myself um i always felt like i didn't belong um right. <clears throat> and until we drank and then we're like, woohoo, mm -hmm. we're in the dark. <laughs> I do belong at AA, and that's what's nice. Um, that is that is like my little safety zone. Um, right. Mm -hmm. So, what are we, two, three. Um, three was figuring out that I'm not in control um, mm -hmm. and turning over when, I'm, when it's outside my hula hoop. And that's kind of how I do three and let that go. Um, mm. And about a year into my sobriety, I started going to Al-Anon as well. Um, and so um, some of that kind of blurs together. Um, right. Because Al-Anon's big about detachment and, you know, only do what's in your hula hoop. And every once in a while, the two programs will kind of be opposite of each other. And I do have a sponsor in each program. Um, my Al-Anon sponsor is not in AA and my AA sponsor is not in Al-Anon. And I did right. that on purpose. Right. Um, and I like to get the multiple perspectives and then kind of do it on my own. But that's right. how I that's how I do three. Excuse me. <clears throat> but um, my fourth step, which is the one that everyone dreads, please don't dread mm -hmm. your fourth step. Just write right. down whatever the hell bothers you <laughs> and go and tell somebody it's the greatest thing you've ever done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I had a hell of a time doing it. And I just <sighs> couldn't figure out what to put in it. Um, and my first sponsor... Um, I kept saying, I don't get it. And he was like, just write down what eats your lunch. And I'm like, everything eats my lunch. He goes, write well, down everything. <laughs> but he said, he goes, what really makes your stomach turn? Like, what, what makes you, like, angry, like, tight? I'm like, anger I got. I, I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, obviously, my, my uh, real father and my stepmother were on there. And I, I could write out some people. So, we did that. And I like to tell this story. Um, so when he came over, and it was my first fifth step, um, we sat on my back porch here. He came over and saw me, and I have a screened-in back porch, and it's a fairly nice lawn in the back. And it was sunny, and had a fan going, and I just started telling him about what happened. And I talked about the abuse, and I talked about how I was treated. And he stopped me, and he said, Oh, honey, you do realize that your part in that was that you were there, and that it's not your fault. <laughs> and... Um, I had heard that before, but I'd never really heard that before. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was another God shot. And that was when I started to heal from my trauma. That's when I really accepted that what had happened to me was not my fault. Because right. up until that point, I was a victim. 
And even in sobriety, I was still a victim. You should feel sorry for me. Look what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm so glad that I don't live like that anymore. But I had to do the work to get to the point where I'm not a victim anymore. Right. Yep. Um, and so um, we went through that whole fifth step. And when he left, uh, I got an hour to sit by myself. And um, there's a friend in the program that I had contacted before to come over and hang out with me because I was home by myself. My partner was working. Um, and and then we spent the afternoon together, which I greatly, and I always advise uh, my sponsees to do the same, which was a big help. But it just felt like this huge weight had been lifted off um, and off my shoulders in, and it was great. I have since done um, two more fourth steps and fifth steps because um, I've done the steps two more times. But um, that's the one that, that was really good. And then we get to six and seven, which the first time I did were just little prayers because we didn't do a deep dive into those. Um, But what happened with six and seven over my sobriety was that uh, a friend of mine in the program uh, said that he was cleaning up his sobriety books and asked me if I wanted to borrow some or he he just said he was getting rid of some and he wanted to give them to somebody. So I was like, I'll take them. And um, so... I'm going to back up here for a sec. Back in in the beginning of my sobriety, my first sponsor, one of the things he had me do right from from the beginning, probably in the first month, he said, get up 15 minutes earlier every day and get ready, you know, get up, use the bathroom, get some coffee, whatever. Sit somewhere for five to 15 minutes and think about your sobriety. Think about how are you going to stay sober for the next 24 hours. Um, and I'm very, very grateful that he told me to do that um, right. because that has developed into my morning routine. And I know you guys mm-hmm. have talked about your morning routines on here, right? Yep. which if I do the whole thing takes an hour, but I can edit it out. <laughs> so I have six daily readers and then I do, there's a, a book about um, being present that I, it's a daily reader that I like. Uh, there's usually a 10 to 20 minute meditation. And then I text probably about, 10 to 25 people in the program just mm. to say good morning and say, Hey, and how I'm doing. Right. And I always text my sponsor. Um, so all that being said was the book that came by was drop the rock, which I don't mm-hmm. know if you've read or not. It's an excellent book. Highly mm-hmm. recommend it. And yep. I added that into my morning reading. And for those of you that have read the book before, it's short little stories about six and seven. Um, and as I was reading through it, um, it let me know that because my character defects essentially were things that I hated about myself. There were things that I learned how to do that no longer serve me um, mm. during that abuse. Things like paying, you know, way too close attention to all the details. Where are all the exits? How do how are people acting? Are they being okay? Can I make them happy? Can I make them comfortable? How can I, you know, melt into the woodwork and and be invisible? Um, part of the things growing up is, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. If someone talks to you, you, you speak the least amount of words possible to answer their, answer their questions. And those were the things that I did. Um, and so in doing this work in six and seven, I did pretty, a pretty deep dive with my current sponsor with those. What I did is I went through all of those things and I looked at the pieces that were good things to learn. 
um, and tried to let go. And I try and let go of the things in there that no longer serve me. So is it good to be observant? Hell yeah, it is, Mm -hmm. you know, and I learned that by going through that experience. And so it was helping me accept who I was and that I went through that. And because I went through the experience I went through, instead of feeling sorry for myself, I now look at it as that's, that's what made me the person I am today. Without those experiences, I would not be Gary. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really turned the corner for me. And that's when I no longer was a victim and I was a survivor. Right. And doing that work, which I did in therapy and in AA, but doing that step work really, really helped me with that. Um, and it was pivotal in, in my healing along with my sobriety. And my sobriety has given me the, the room and the, the breadth and the mm-hmm. support to, to heal. And mm-hmm. you can heal. It will make you a stronger person. Right. Uh, you know, does it suck what happened? Yeah, it does. I'm still <laughs> a little right. angry. I am. <laughs> um, believe it or not, um, my stepmother passed away uh, about a month and a half ago. I haven't spoken mm-hmm. to her or my real father since I was 18. The last right. thing my father ever said to me was, don't die by the time you're 30. Because um, mm-hmm. I had come out to him and he disowned me. Oh, um, wow. Okay. And so that that's that's what I have for, you know, Gary Sr. And it, it sucks because I'm Gary Jr. But <laughs> again, acceptance is the key to all, acceptance right? is the answer, 417. My sponsees hate it when I say that. <laughs> I use it too. It right. works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why you tell them. Totally. <laughs> um eight eight is a list and uh eight and nine kind of go together, but eight was my mm-hmm. list and um, I like to tell the one about my aunt because um, we have amended our relationship. But uh, I had gone to visit her, and she was on my list to do amends to, obviously, because I disrupted her and her family and acted sure. like a fool. Um, and she would not let me do an amends. We sat mm-hmm. down, and I said, I need to talk to you. And she's like, no, you don't. I was like, no, I need to talk to you. And she's like, nope, we're good. She's like, as long as you keep doing what you're doing, we're good. I was like, you don't understand. I have to do this. <laughs> and she's like, no, you don't. And I was like, okay. And I, I believe it or not, I was kind of disappointed. I was mm. like, I really want to tell you all the, you know, I do really feel bad. And I am being a different person because it's not, right. I'm sorry. It's I'm amending my behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do that again. Um, and actually, I was just up visiting her. Um, so she now is uh, 50% owner of a cottage that I used to go to. My grandparents owned a cottage on the St. Lawrence River. And you guys will know where that is. <laughs> no one down here knows where the Thousand Islands are. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where? It's like saying Niagara right. Falls. Right. Nothing against the Southerners. And I like living in the South. But I'm like, do you really not know where that is? Um <laughs> Anyway, so there's a cottage there, and I used to spend summers there, and that was always a safe place for me. And Amy and um, her brother, Danny, actually own it, and she goes up in August. And so I went up uh, just myself and spent a long weekend with her and her husband and her two kids, who are now grown, um, Mm -hmm. and had a wonderful weekend. Um, And we got to talk about a lot of this stuff. Uh, more so she did let me actually talk about some of it i didn't have to mm-hmm. make amends i just they're living amends right right um 
And Mike, I really appreciate what you said last week in your podcast mm. that made me think, because for me, eight and nine always was you do the list and you make the amends and then mm. that's it. So you do right. them again. But you mm. had mentioned that the living amends go on and on and on. And I was yeah, like, oh, right. Yep. right. And I used, yeah, yeah. I used that like to I said, share in a meeting. I was like, I heard this cool. on a podcast. It's so mind blowing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I like I said, you know, our, our friend Don, who actually I'm going to see on Sunday, um, yeah, you know, he forty some years sober, and he's like, I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great story too. It's yeah. wonderful. You all have one of those at a meeting, right? Uh huh. Well, Dragging the... a newcomer or someone who's being a smartass and be like, here, ask the question to him. Yep. And the the other thing too, like you were talking about your aunt, where you know she wouldn't, I guess, quote unquote, let you do the amends. I mean, that's uh, I I had that with kind of with my ex wife, um, definitely right. with my son. Um, I was, I was actually trying to, trying to draw shit out of my son. He was, the kid was nine years old and I'm like, basically tell me how I wronged you. I want to apologize, you know? <laughs> and I, I didn't say it in those words, but it was one of those things where I'm like, I know I treated you like shit. I know I wasn't a good father to you. Please tell me what you feel. Tell me what you know, so I can fucking fix it. And he was like, meh. But I mean, we've built this relationship over the years and he knows who I am now. And I've been sober for more than half his life. So that's my amends to him. My daughter too. My daughter and I have had a conversation and conversations, but we never really sat down and had that, this formal, here's what I did and here's what the deal is. And even as I've tried to open up on certain things, she lets me tell stories, you know, and she soaks all that stuff in. But, you know, when I try to say, do you remember this part? She's like, it's all good, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. The same thing that your aunt said to you, which, you mm -hmm. know, is it it's tough at the time because we get this mindset and we've this feeling like we I just I want to fix. I want I want this piece to be OK right now. But sometimes, you know, it is it's it's a forever, you know. Definitely. Right. It's changing your behavior and <clears throat> continuing to behave in this changed way. Don't go back to the bullshit that you were before. And, and it, you know, nine times out of 10, that's enough. Right. You, you, you're just not that asshole that you were. You're a different asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> a higher well, grade I can of still asshole. be an asshole. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. We can. Yeah, you've you've listened to us, right? You've listened. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. we, we've been around a couple of minutes. And, uh, yeah, we, we still have our moments. There's no doubt. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt on that. So, yeah, you're. You're eight and nine, and yes, and we we've had that feeling from the start. Uh, nine nine is never ending, and that's uh, that's not a bad thing. And you know what? Before we get to those quote unquote maintenance steps, ten, eleven, and twelve, yeah. why don't we take a quick break? Why don't we and do have that? a word from our sponsor? Hey everyone, it's your friends at Sober, not Mature. Hi there. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's both of your friends this time. Hi Mike, how are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you, Bill? I am doing well. But we do we do have a purpose. Uh, we we actually <laughs> usually talk about uh, our one website, but we actually have two websites now. So two. We Two websites in one. <laughs> All right. So so everyone knows we still have the podcast website that is www.sobernotmature.com. Uh -huh. And we just launched the store website. So um, we also have that. Do you know what the website address is on that one, Mike? Of course I don't. <laughs> it's pretty easy, Mike. It's www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Yes. Ah. So, 
<laughs> but from the, the the podcast website, you can still hit the store link and get into the uh, into the web store, or you right. can access it from our Instagram page through the highlights. Uh, we've been posting quite a bit about it, and we'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. do you know what's on the second website, Mike? Um, it, well, there's a store. There are products that you can purchase for you <laughs> and your loved ones. <laughs> well, Mike, do we do we still have merchandise? <laughs> we have merchandise. Well, we got T-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and one of the one of the coolest parts, we also do have <laughs> all the recovery books from Hazelden, which is kind of a big deal. That um, is a least- big deal. Eh, at least for us. So all the books that we read, God grant me 24 hours, the big book, the 12 and 12, um, all of those books are available for sale on our website. And they once are. again, that, that store website is www.sober. <laughs> trying to help, man. I know you are. You're not helping, though. Okay, now I got to say www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Dot so, com. Dot com. Visit that today or visit the, the podcast website, which is, again, you know the podcast website, so. Uh, com. <laughs> Did you just say sobermanotmature? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah, like fucking mush mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. You've suffered enough with this, and uh, we'll get back to what we were talking about previously. So visit the websites, though. All right, everyone. Welcome back. And that was uh, that was quick, man. You just jumped right in there and popped on that break, and I, I was like, "Wanted to get the fuck over with." You're you're a professional. <laughs> you're you're a professional. <laughs> right, I'm a professional something. Right, exactly. So, yeah, but well, that that was a good place, though. Okay, so back to Gary and the maintenance steps. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we left off with nine to ten. Actually, um, I struggled with a lot. Um, Mm. I don't have very good stories about 10 other than, um, it's just something that I try and do. And, um, the way that I learned it was to, um, I do it immediately. I try and do it as soon as I possibly can. As soon as I feel like I've, I'm not in the right, if it feels uncomfortable or if I've done something that's bothered somebody or whatever, then I go try Mm -hmm. and make it right, right then. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't. I don't make a, a list at night. I should, but I don't. Um, eh, nobody does. Anybody uh, that I, does is either lying or insane. <laughs> I have some <laughs> friends in recovery that do. I know. I know. Great. And I said either they're lying or they're insane. You don't sit there with a pen and paper every fucking night. Nobody does. Yeah, the, <laughs> Not every fucking night. Don't but feel they, bad. Do, they do do it a couple times a week. But well, I do try only- and think about it before I go to bed. Yeah, and that's, that's the, the, the night only night. thing. The only thing that I do with my step ten is I I do a quick opening to my prayers, and then I literally say, "I'm like, okay, my day," and then I think back. And um, for the longest time, I only looked for the negative. Did I do anything wrong? Did I fuck with anyone? Did I hurt anyone? You know. But Mike is the one that kind of brought that to my attention. Take a look at the good too. So I'll try to pick out. You know, um, either I'm fucked up in my head about this. I deal with that this time I didn't hurt anyone, but these are the things that happened well. So it's, it's an inventory step. That's all it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's, right. a, it's an overview, you know, you don't have to necessarily, you know, to, to take a, make a list of it. Hey, if people do it and that's their thing, that's cool. You know, there's a lot of things that I do that are very structured and regimented in the morning. Um, but I, yeah, I like doing that. It's a, it's still, it's a pausing moment for me and it is, it's a, it's a recap, make sure I didn't fuck with anyone and try to recognize what I did well that day. Yeah. A little daily inventory. That's yeah. all. Yep. Yeah. 
Definitely. And in the book study that I attend, we just read the, we just finished 10 and the 12 and 12. And it, it did mm -hmm. remind us in there that it's not just the bad, it's the good as well. Right. Yep. So give, your, yeah, give well, yourself some where credit. I got it from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I trust I me, it, it didn't come out of this sick head. <laughs> and I seriously, no, I don't think it. that. I don't think that I picked up on that until we might have actually been doing this podcast before I really picked up on that, <laughs> you know, and we've only been doing this for a year and a half. We've been sober a little bit, you know, and, you know, so yep. for all that time, I was only looking at the negative. I don't think that hurt me, but, you know, it's like people say, you know, gotta give yourself some grace, take a look at the good that you do, you know, sort of thing. So um, it's, it's a, just a shift. It was cool. All right. You know, and as an alcoholic, I like to feel good. And, um, you know, when I look back at the good things I did, it makes me feel good. So, hey, right. there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Definitely. And then um, 11 is is one of my favorite steps, actually. Um, mm -hmm. The prayer part of it, not so much, but the meditation part, yeah. yes. Um, but I still do prayers. Like the prayer of St. Francis is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, and I it's funny when I, when I take a sponsee through the steps and every step, I'm like, this is the, you know, this is the prayer that I want you to say every morning. And right. they kind of give you this look. I'm like, and I'm going to do it all right along with you while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So that way I can say, you've done it too. I would not do anything. I would never ask you to do anything I would not do. Right. Um, right. Or that I have not done. Um, and it's really nice to do that with them. Um, and, and be along there with them. So, and it's a good reminder for me too. like, Oh, mm -hmm. this is step three prayer. And this is step four prayer. Right. But yep. I like that one, but meditation, I probably got into probably about a year in because mm -hmm. I kept hearing it. So, um, so far in my journey, if I go to a meeting or if I'm around people in recovery and I keep hearing the same thing over and over and over, that usually means yep. I need to focus on it. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm open for that now. Right. It's how mm -hmm. it's honest, open-minded and willingness. Right. How, how much do you want to do this program? Um, mm -hmm. and those things will be there if you look for them. Yep. Um, and they can be God shots. So that was one of the things I'm like, all right, we'll try this meditation thing. Um, and I, I use an app and I don't want to be an advertisement, but I, I started with an app, um, right. and I would fall asleep. I would do it at night at like seven o'clock, like after dinner. And I'd sit down and be like, Oh, I'm going to clear my mind, blah, blah, blah. And I fall asleep. Um, so it was kind of frustrating at first. And, mm. uh, for anyone out there struggling with meditation, it does not mean to clear your mind. It just means that you can allow thoughts to flow through it. Right. Um, and I like the analogy uh, that it, think of a busy highway, but you're sitting up on the mountainside looking at the highway. The cars are your thoughts. That doesn't mean you run down the highway and jump in the car and try and drive it. <laughs> you just let them flow on the highway. Right. Or jump in front of it and try to stop it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. hey, um, Gary, <laughs> Gary, if you want to mention the app that you use, we don't care. I mean, we talk about okay. stuff like that. If it If it's something that works for you that might work for other people, mention the app. Well, I started with Headspace, right? Um, and what I like about Headspace is the ones that are free, they give you about 10 or 15 beginner ones. Mm -hmm. And it was enough to do it. Like a lot of them only give you one or two, but Headspace actually gave me enough to, that increased the time that I could spend a couple weeks on that I actually understood how to meditate by the time I was done with the free ones. Mm -hmm. um, and then I bought it for a year. 
Um, and I went through pretty much all of them and I started doing it in the morning. Um, and <laughs> so you wouldn't I, fall asleep. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't fall asleep anymore. Um, I do sometimes at the meeting. So there's a, there's a meditation meeting. <laughs> there's a, there's a meditation I meeting. I stay attend. awake at regular meetings sometimes. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I have a story about that too, but, um, there's a there's a meditation meeting I go to on Wednesday nights, and mm-hmm. um, it's a 20 minute meditation. They use um, it's basically a candlelight meeting, but you mm-hmm. meditate for 20 minutes, and it's open discussion in a candlelight. And I, I've been guilty of falling asleep in that one because I'm comfortable and it's at night. Sure. And uh, the funny story about falling asleep in a meeting in early recovery, I went to a meeting over in the off the plaza, and this this big guy was was in this meeting and he literally was snoring out loud mm-hmm. um they, they didn't even get done with the readings um and he started <laughs> snoring and i was like how can he fall asleep in a meeting that's horrible <laughs> blah blah blah. you should be paying attention you know all that and then uh, probably two months ago when i go to a meeting now that's where i go relax like right. i let mm-hmm. i let the outside world go away i'm with my people and i'm comfortable mm-hmm. and right. I just don't know how else to describe that. And I was tired one night and I just felt comfortable and I started nodding off. <laughs> and I thought about that guy at that meeting and I was so upset with them. And I was like, oh, this is why people fall asleep. Because <laughs> 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 it's my time to work on me, um, right. you know, and it, it just it's a it's a comfortable space for me. It wasn't for a long time, but um, it, it gets there and mm-hmm. it, it just it let does. the world go. Let the world go. Leave the rest of the world outside. Go right. see my peaks. Uh-huh. Definitely good. But meditation has been um, very uh, good for me. Um, it's transformed me and um, it's helped calm me down. Um, believe it or not, this is calm, Gary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you saw me when I was a kid. I was just bouncing off the walls. Um, and so, and it, it's also uh, helped with reacting to things. So it helps Mm -hmm. with that pause. Um, And I use a lot of the techniques um, outside of doing the meditation. And I actually use a different app now. Um, Nothing against Headspace, but I just didn't renew it. And during COVID, Balance put out where you can get balance for a year. And I I really like the guy's voice in it. Um, Ofusu, I think is his name or something. But it's very deep, rich voice. Um, And so I bought that for a lifetime. And I just oh, use wow. that and there's a timer on there and there's some sleep stuff on there. And so, um, I, um, I just use that. Cool. cool. And that's and what hey, I use. If, uh, if anyone signs up for headspace or balance and they ask where you heard it from, tell them you heard it from us. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> sober, not mature. Yeah. Where did you hear this? How did you hear about us? on sober, not mature. That's yeah, kind of funny. We've right. been, uh, we've been talking about getting advertisers and uh, that's why when you said that, I'm like, oh, hell go ahead. Because the, the thing of it is, and we're, we're trying to do it, um, is an opportunity like something like that. When, if somebody's using something or somebody's reading a book, um, you know, or practicing something or whatever the deal is, why not share it? You know, and that's, that's been our mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and also if it's something that even though the two of us don't, we don't sit down and meditate, I probably would never use a meditation app because I, I get by, I get that fix quote unquote in another way. Um, but I know a ton of people that do it and that's what they really need to, to ground themselves. So I mean, the hell with it. Why not? Right. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I, I float once a month. Um, I'd like to do it more, but I can't afford it. Um, but yeah, you know, I go into an isolation tank and float for an hour or so every month. And yeah, same thing, man. It's it, it's wonderful and it helps. Yeah, I would like to do that. Is it claustrophobic at all? Not, I'm not. So no. Um, okay. but I mean, it's. I've done it for a long time. My girlfriend actually owned a float spa when I first met her. Nice. Um, she sold the business eventually but um yeah so i i do it a lot when she had it but uh, we go once a month now and um it's like anything else you have to work at it a little bit and get used to it and whatever um now i just get in the tank and you know i'm generally i'm in twilight and and literally floating mentally um in about 10 to 15 minutes um because i know what i'm doing now but yeah, you know, it takes a little practice and a little time, but it's, it's wonderful. You know, you, you get in there and you center yourself and you, you don't hear anything. You don't see anything. You don't touch anything. You're just floating. And yes. And those cars go flying by and it's wonderful. <laughs> That's great. You don't listen yeah. to Alice Cooper while you're in there. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> no, there's no sound. <laughs> yeah which is which is cool and i've never done it before i was going to do it a couple of times when uh when she still owned it and then it was just right timing wise when i was when i was back there at that at that time but um mm -hmm. yeah and it was i don't know that i would be the claustrophobic part of it i'm not super claustrophobic but um i'm sure it would just it just be a matter of getting used to knowing that yeah. i know i can get out you know i'm not going to get oh, stuck yeah. in there you know that's the right. that would be that would be the main thing you know i i don't want to be I don't ever want to be fucking buried alive or anything like that. Being like, no, uh, no, no, uh, no. Uh. <laughs> nope. The lid opens. And, and quite frankly, you can leave the lid open and turn the lights off in the room, but it's, it's better with it closed. Right. I think. Well, yeah. Full experience. Yeah. Mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's many. a couple of places here in Charlotte. You can do it. I've just never done yeah. it. Yeah. Give it a shot. I, I highly recommend. And you know, yes, mentally, but also physically too, floating in those Epsom salts for that, amount of time it's it's wonderful oh yeah i'm a big fan of epsom salt cool yep that's what it is there's like a thousand pounds of epsom salts in the tank and so that's why you float wow it's like the dead sea oh shit i <laughs> yes. forgot about that yep nice cool excellent but, but so yeah um, um yeah so you were on 11 are you done with 11. 11 yep okay so yep. obviously the last step which they're all important but 12 is very mm -hmm. important um right and so the the practicing my principles, practicing the principles in all of my affairs is something that mm -hmm. recently I've really tried to do the last couple of years. And the place right. where I try to do that the most is work. Um, <laughs> and right. that's difficult because uh -huh. I can do it. I can do it with other people in recovery. It's a piece mm -hmm. of cake. Oh, yeah. It's, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's easy to do it in between the, uh, you know, the, the serenity prayer and the Our Father. It's doing it between the Our Father and the serenity prayer that's tough. Yes. Yeah. That's very good. <laughs> but also, we learn a language. AA taught me a language of recovery. Mm -hmm. And so if you talk to other people in recovery, they get it. And sometimes right. if you use those terms at work, because they're just familiar, people mm -hmm. look at you like you're an alien, like, what? I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot you're not recovery. Um, and there, there aren't a lot of people at work anymore that know that I'm in recovery. I did. I did uh, we had a, a woman that worked there. Um, that was in recovery. Um, and I knew her before I got sober. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
oddly enough at work, people don't really realize that I'm sober <laughs> and right. it's none of their business. Quite frankly, I don't care. Right. But she and I, uh, kind of figured that out. I went to lunch and I was like, um, she jumped the gun too. She's like, did you, did you bring me to lunch? Cause you're going to tell me you're sober. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like I just, she was like, Oh my God, I'm in recovery. And so then it was super cool. Cause I had someone to talk to. Right. Mm -hmm. So if something was bugging me during the day, I'd be like, can we go in a conference room? And then we'd talk about program and then let's feel better. Um, sure. But she had a lot more time than I did. And she would just look at me and be like, you're not that important, <laughs> Gary. You're just not that important. <laughs> and I was it's always like, nice to be reminded of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But back then, I didn't know what that meant. Right. Because I was still learning. You know, there's all that stuff in the program that takes forever to get in your thick head sometimes. And I still mm -hmm. stuff that I've. You know, I just like yeah, me too. Like what you said last week, just like that was a mind blowing in the car. I was like, oh, that makes sense, right? <laughs> things well, and, and like I said, there, there's some of these things that um, I've had, and Mike and I have been around each other. I mean, literally almost since day one, gone through the same process mm -hmm. with the same people in the same place. Um, you know, even though we've moved, we still followed literally the same path. And just in the last year and a half, we'll be talking about something, and I've had these. How, at least five revelations. Uh, I can mm -hmm. think of three off the top of my head, you know, but I'm talking, I'm like, Oh fuck, you know, or he'll say something. I'm like, eh, I didn't know that, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and again, we've been, we've been doing this for a year and a half and we're like almost 13 and a half years sober. So for, for 12 years, not that I was doing anything wrong, but these little, these little light bulb things that should have popped years ago, didn't. And then I'm like, Oh wow. <laughs> that makes that a little bit easier, you know? <laughs> definitely but i mean that that's one of the things that in in i i know you've listened enough to, to probably know this already but um we're of the opinion that you know we we don't get this we don't have this um we're not we're not there yet anything like that you know so it it not only um it actually excites me to learn something new because when i'm always looking for something new to learn you know, because I'm always striving to get better or change or evolve or whatever it is. So it, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool knowing that we're not done yet, you know, and knowing we've got mm -hmm. more to learn. And then when a new morsel, even if it's a little one comes up, I'm like, fuck, that's really cool, man. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, I don't know. It's it's great. I, I love I love the fact that who knows what what we'll learn next week or, you know, next year. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was drilled into our heads from the beginning. Remain <laughs> right. teachable. Yeah. Well, and once again, I didn't always have a, huh, what do you mean? <laughs> I didn't always listen to all those things. I, I think I missed that meeting, Mike. All right. Well, you know, you heard it now, <laughs> right. so you have no excuse. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, I mean, you had mentioned the whole work thing and that's uh, God, we've, we've talked about that for years. It's like I, every once in a while, it'd be just nice to be able to have a big book and just fucking throw it at somebody and say, can you at least read, you don't have to read the first 164, just read chapter five, the first like three pages, take a look at three, and, you know, look at, look at these couple of pages over here and then act right. You know, just those couple of things. That's all you got to do <laughs> because it is, it's, it's hard when, when you get out there and, and you realize that, I mean, there, there's so many people with it, it could be little things. And usually it is the little things that are probably the most irritating to all of us. Yes. Just little things that people don't do or little things that people do. And we know better. 
you know? And it's just like, why? So basically you're saying there's a whole bunch of people out there with their heads up their asses. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. I am. Great. And unfortunately we can't pull them out for them. I know. Nope. Yeah. People, places and things, but, but yeah, yep. even with, uh, you know, we had uh, Mike's girlfriend, Chris on here. We had our, our sister, Kathy on here and, you know, all the different normies that we've talked to, um, you know, over the years that there's so many people that are, that are non-alcoholic and don't have an issue with this thing. But, you know, when they hear the steps, they're like, God, some of this shit just makes sense, you know, and it does. They're, mm-hmm. they're life, <laughs> it's life lessons. It's not really, you know, it's not really designed just for us people, you know, everyone can benefit. Right. Program for living. Right. It's being, being a it better person. To, right. It just helps us to not have to pick up to deal with the shit. Right. You know, but yeah, but the lots of people out there that are just not dealing with it. And it, I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> You know, I want to give them a bag of heroin and say, go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to get your shit straight, wreck your life, and then I'll show you where to go, and then I can help you. <laughs> yep. I always say everyone can use 2 through 12. Yeah. But yep. Everyone's exactly. powerless over something, so you can right. you can substitute whatever you want. But other mm-hmm. than one, everyone can use 2 through 12. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So with, um, and I, I don't want to interrupt or, or obviously uh, interrupt any further with, with you wrapping that up, but because I've got a couple of questions. I just made a couple of notes, but I want, I want you to continue what you're talking about. But um, I mean, so 12, obviously the work situation. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I didn't want to interrupt helped your... quite a bit. Um, it took a while to get comfortable with it. And mm-hmm. surprisingly, uh, gratitude towards people that help you has come mm-hmm. back like double fold at work. And, you know, just pausing and also realizing that um, I don't have to answer an email immediately. I can (laughs) let it sit. Um, And that's been really nice, too. Um, No response is a response. That's an Al-Anon thing, but it works. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times if I just sit, I don't it's not always up to me. Like I have to fix everything. You know, I was like, I still fight with that. It's like if it comes in my inbox and it's not, you know, the world isn't falling down. I just let it sit and inevitably what'll happen in a couple of hours, someone else will take care of it. <laughs> right. Oh, or yeah. the well, customer will be like, I, I need this now. And it's great. And then it's taken care of and I don't have to stress over it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, when I used to do group, um, I used to tell the guys, look, man, I know you're sitting here. I know you're, you're, you know, there's so much shit you got to fix. Cause you know, you fucked all this stuff up, but 90% of it is going to take care of itself. And, and that other 10%, you will take care of it when you're ready to, and capable of taking care of it. So just mm-hmm. calm the fuck down, man. <laughs> right. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and literally and, being and able I to... Needed to, I needed to, to learn that, that that 90% that, I, that I've got to fix is going to take care of itself. I don't need to fix it. Right. I was going to say the exact same thing at uh, different words, but it's, it helps that uh, we have been there. And even though, even though they don't see it now that we, we went through the same goddamn thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> already to, still already to practice, change the world. Right? It's a, yeah, it's absolutely. a practice on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yep. <laughs> every goddamn day. Yes, every day. <laughs> For the rest of our lives. <laughs> Life on life's terms. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Life happens. Um the other the other part about step twelve and the, and then the, we can get to your questions there, Bill, um, is having had a spiritual awakening. And mm-hmm. thankfully for me, that happened fairly early. Um so 
uh, at home group, I was leaving one day. I think I was three months sober at that point. Um, cause I actually started going to AA in October, but my sobriety date is November. So mm-hmm. I had to do a little bit more research. Um, sure. but, uh, so I was, I was going home and, um, Back then, people just used to appear between two cars. I don't know, you know, and scare the crap out of you because <laughs> I was still in the fog and like, ah, I don't get this thing. And um, uh, another friend of mine in the program who I still maintain touch with popped up between these two cars and said, you need to go to Winter Awakening. And I was like, what the hell is that? And um, what that is every year is a sober retreat. Um, it happens to be geared towards LGBT, but it's... Um, it's a sober retreat. And, um, so I hemmed and hawed about it quite a bit. And, um, <laughs> my, I asked uncle Eric, so my first sponsor had a fairly large sponsor family. And so, uh, one of the guys that, um, Brett sponsored us, he became uncle Eric. But he's like, well, it's not like we sacrifice chickens. There's a bunch of sober people get together and have a good time. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll go. So I, I registered and paid the money. And, um, I went with a friend of mine who absolutely did not like it at all. Um, and we showed up and I walk in this lodge and there's 70 people in there and it's loud. And I just was like, what the hell did I do? Um, and so I went and sat in my cabin and, um, I went through the, they have workshops on Saturday and Sunday and I went through and circled them. And I said, you know, I made a decision like I spent all this money and I came all this way. I could sit in my cabin all weekend or I could dig in and try and do this stuff. And so I just went to all the workshops and literally by noon the next day, I had let all of my boundaries go. I let all my armor down. I let uh, like I I was with people that understood me and accepted me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. loved me for who I was. And, you know, in even though I was an alcoholic, I was, I was finally with my people. Like Mm -hmm. I was finally, I finally belonged somewhere. And that was my first spiritual awakening. And that happened to happen up in the mountains. It's in the highlands in North Carolina. It's beautiful. Nice. Um, Yeah. It's a neat place. And then I opened my big mouth on Sunday and said, have you guys ever thought about doing X, Y, Z? And they were like, here, you can be on the committee. And I've been on the committee ever since. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And it's been, but it's been really good. I mean, it's service work on a totally different level. Right. Right. Um, And there's another retreat that's coming up, uh, Kara Lambda. And that's coming up in October. And uh, I went last year and really enjoyed it because I wasn't on the committee and I could go and enjoy the retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Winter Awakening is in January. Um, And so if if you haven't been to a sober retreat, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. (laughs) We're actually actually going to our first one in November. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. A friend of ours is, uh, she got roped in and she's, uh, part of it and kind of running they have two a year one in the spring and one in the fall and uh she got roped in and she's sort of organizing and doing the fall one this year and uh asked us to come and speak and, and we're gonna actually do our first we're gonna try to do our first live podcast from there yeah nice yeah so uh, i'm looking forward to it again you know well 
like I said, you know, we're 13 and a half years sober. We're going to our first retreat. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, don't feel bad yeah, that we, you were hemming and hawing at three months. <laughs> we got we to we actually work while we were there, too. But no, it was it was funny. Mm-hmm. It was over the, um, when was that? Was that in May or is that over the summer that we, whatever it was. It was a few months ago when we were, I was back in Cleveland yeah. and we were to get together with friends. And, I think it was Founders Day. Oh, shit, was it? Because we were over at um, th- Megan and Michael's. It was the barbecue that we did. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't even yeah. know. Summertime. Yeah. Michael Michael made like a hundred chicken wings that night. So we, yeah, we played right. cards. Yeah. But um <laughs> Yeah. But so so she brought it up and I remember, you know, she's like, Oh, you guys are coming. You're talking about steps. We're like, I mean, at this point it seemed like a it seemed like a year away. The last I remembered hearing about it was just let us know, give us some more information. So she texted me the other night, Hey, remember this? you can go blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like this, like six texts in a row. And I'm just like, fuck me. And, um, and yeah, later that, later that night, we're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're going. And she's like, oh, you could do your podcast there. And what we, what we may end up doing is doing like a normal episode and do a, do like a bonus episode while we're there, but just in case anything goes weird, but also that we could just have some fun with it and, um, you know, have some just people. And like Mike said, you know, have a, literally have a live audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, and then yeah, the, uh, our, so it's our friend Mara. She's like, uh, she's like, oh, by the way, and, and you have to do step eight. I'm like, you can give me whatever you step you step you want. I'm like, I'm familiar with them. <laughs> I'm like, I got to give a shit what you give me. I'm like, hey, you can give me any one of them. Pick there, there's twelve. I'll take whichever one you give me. I'm not even I need right. to study. I'll just have it. You know, I I know what to talk about. You know, it's that sort of thing. But but yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. You know. It's a it's a cool way to do a deep dive with people that are really interested in mm-hmm. doing that, right? Right. Um, and in uh, a lot of these people, I only see during during that retreat. The same mm-hmm. people come back year after year after year, and I only see them once a year. And some of, and some of them I maintain friendships with. It's very nice. But uh, the funny part was um, the first year that I went, I hardly talked to anybody because I was afraid of everyone. Um, mm-hmm. In the second year, this guy comes up to me and he goes, Gary, you're talking to people this year. <laughs> and I was like, of course I am. He goes, no, no, no. Last year, you didn't talk to anybody. He's mm-hmm. like, you're actually talking and you're comfortable in your own skin. And, you know, and it's a it's a I always view it as it shows me what I've done, where I'm at and what I need to do. Right. Right. And well, yeah, I those mean, people you know, will the... tell you, trust me. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, I mean, you know, the big book talks about, you know, other people are going to see the changes in us long before we do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Definitely. Going, hey, hey, you're acting differently. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> I? I'm still all fucked up in my head. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and it's neat to watch people grow. I've gotten to watch others grow like that. Absolutely. Too. Right. And like I said, it is service on a totally different level. And as long as the light bulb comes on for one person that weekend, because we do mm-hmm. a Saturday, Sunday morning, we do a, a gratitude meeting. People say what mm-hmm. they're grateful for for the weekend. Right. And if someone can can have the same experience that I had in my first one, my work mm-hmm. is worth every every bit of work to do it. But mm-hmm. it's not nice. work anymore. I mean, I do the registration right. and the technology part of it, but um, it's kind of neat. And I usually do a workshop. I'm doing a workshop at Carol Lambda. I volunteered to do one. I'm going to cool. do a workshop on fear. Well, and, nice. and I don't know that uh, in I have nothing against retreats, but I don't know that I would have just signed up for one unless I was asked to be there. You know, it's the same thing with um, anything. You know, I I'll, I'll help anyone, <laughs> you know, it, but I, I don't necessarily step up to do it, you know. 
Right? It's the same with anything. I'm not doing shit unless you ask me to. I mean, I, I'm, and that's that's one of my. You know, you and I have talked about it on here. I mean, we're we're certainly right. not the first people to to jump up and, and volunteer for anything or everything. But I'm mm-hmm. not going to say no. You know, if it's something, right. you know, if it's something that's can help somebody and it's not going to hurt me, whether it helps me or not is is irrelevant. But the only thing mm-hmm. that would have prevented me from going is if it would have there would have been some sort of a scheduling type of conflict. Other than that, right. that's exactly what I told Mara. And then I checked with you and you were cool with it. And I'm like, man, I don't get anything going on that weekend. You know, so I, right. I'd love to be yeah. involved, you know. Just be careful. They can be addicting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I hate that shit. You when feel really, recovery... really good when you come back. Trust yeah. me. When this whole recovery stuff starts getting addicting and I want to do more. I hate that. I just know some people that go to a lot of retreats. I'm like, I think you're going to too many. Right. (laughs) No such thing. I'm like, yes, there is. Here's the the thing, too. And we've talked about this before. So I was, uh, and both of us have done service work at meetings. And Mike currently does. um, He's got a service position at his home group and has for years, right? I mean, God, I don't know how long. I mean, you have for years. When Yeah, one way or another. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much fucking 12 years. Right. Yeah. Well, and when, when I was in Cleveland, I was a secretary of a meeting for a year, and then they, they rotate people out on purpose. And I was super fucking bummed when I when I had to give that up. And when I came back to Wisconsin, I got a uh, I was asked by a guy that had been doing this secretary position at the Saturday night meeting, and he's like, would you be interested? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I said, when do you want me to start? And he's like, next weekend. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I did it for like, I don't know, four years or something like that. Right. And the only reason I stopped, it was um, it was a pandemic that kicked me out of it. And then, you know, after that, those as the meeting started opening back up, I just didn't go back to that club again. Um, but I loved it. It was great. You know, it's it got me to that meeting every week. Um, but it was also I loved being a part of that way. I really I really do. So it's even though I'm not going to volunteer, if I'm asked and I do it, I'm, I know I'm going to have fun all the time, mm-hmm. every single time. Right. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. So they're a lot of fun. <laughs> They are. Yeah, so get busy and help somebody, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what this that's what this turned out to be. And when Mike and I just did this for ourselves right. to begin with, and then we're like, yeah, if somebody listens, you know, cool. But this was us doing this podcast was us filling in a piece or a void or whatever you want to call it. At least for me, I know it was a void. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was right. another thing. It was a meeting, you know, for Mike and I every week. And it's turned into, you know, something a little bit more cool than that, you know. Um, it's still about us. You know, we we come to this and we wouldn't do it if we weren't having fun. But you know, the fact that it actually helps people and we've got to meet all these people. Um, you know, I mean, meet you and I it's just the number of guests that we have and hear all these stories. It's wonderful. You know, it's just great. And I'm very grateful that you did it. Yeah, um, it's very cool. It's I cool. think I tripped across you guys probably your you were about three months in. Oh, really? Is mm. when I tripped across your um, your podcast, and I literally just put sober in podcast because um, there's another one I listened to called That Sober Guy. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, I like it's Shane, um, and I really like his podcast as well. And he has guests on, but a lot of time it's just him. It's like 20 minute monologues, right? Um, mm. And I. So I was like, oh, let's just see what else is out there. But um, <laughs> the, the thing that really drew me in about yours is it's raw and real, um, <laughs> which is what life is. You know, right. and I, you can tell that you don't edit it, which I love. Right. Don't take that the wrong way at all. <laughs> right. no. I'm like, wow, this is great. You know, and because a lot of them are really polished. 
and mm-hmm. they're, they're nicely produced. I'm, I'm glad that the sound is better though. Right. Because I, yeah. <laughs> I went back and listened from the beginning because I wanted to hear uh-huh. the stories. And oh, they're terrible. I am glad that the sound is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm very, very grateful that I found it. And I do look forward to listening to it every week. Um, well, thank so, you. Yeah, I mean, seriously, thank you. And I really and, appreciate the service work that you guys do. Well, and it's and, neat because you guys get to talk once a week and you just talk on the air. Right. Yep. Well, in the in the funny part, too, was that when we had, and I know the initial thought was, um, I think, and I don't even remember, but I'm sure that we had probably thought about just doing these short little episodes. And I think Mike's episode, which was three, um, by the time, so you told your story and then we talked and it was an hour. And then the mm-hmm. first time we went over an hour, I think was with um, Christine. Well, we probably went a little bit over. Christine was the longest one and we hit like an hour right. and a half with her. And then um, that's basically what we've been doing. And then you know, I'm, I'm talking to people and like uh, uh, Elise from The Sober Curator, she's like, yeah, you guys do the, and we've had a couple of guests that have said that long form podcast. And I'm like, long form? They're like, yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> just talk for a fucking long time. I'm like, oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, but it is. She it's was just, great, by the way. Well, and the thing of it is, is we yeah. could, we could easily um, cut things off in an hour. But for instance, we've been running for an hour and eight minutes right now with you. And, I see. and, you know, to, to cut this off now would just seem wrong, you know, because I know. There's more stuff we want to talk about, but I mean, all this stuff, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, and we Mm. still don't, you know, it just, it's the, the fact that we were, um, and I did, I'm listening to Facebook. Mike has, uh, our memories now on there, you know, on our Facebook Mm -hmm. page. And I popped into a couple of the old clips and the old episodes. I'm like, Oh fuck, this hurts, man. (laughs) They're terrible. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, Oh my God, it's just, it's a bad cell phone call. I mean, we recorded for an hour basically on a bad cell phone. You know, it's just really what it yep. sounded like, but yeah, it is what it is. So, yeah, well, we could be like Taylor Swift and go back and re-record them. <laughs> you know, uh, get the transcripts and we'll just sit there and read them. <laughs> we should we should do that with one episode just to fuck around. Because <laughs> we could do that. You know, I can I can I can grab well the older episodes. It would take me a minute. I could figure it out. We could grab a transcript out of the old ones. But um, but so that was a joke. I I'm not doing that. I was gonna say <laughs> that would ruin the growth. It shows the growth from the beginning. I was to gonna now. say no. It wouldn't be a re-recording. We'd just fuck around for. It, it would last literally for about twelve minutes, and we'd both be like, "This fuck it yeah. does sucks." Let's leave this aside. Sucks. <laughs> but, and um, I did greatly underestimate the total number of fucks, by the way. <laughs> on your episode where you said that you, it was the most, I think I did, I thought like 120. I think you said it was almost 200. Our, <laughs> our biggest was we hit 160. 160 yeah, was our biggest. Last, I guessed 120. Yeah, so last I was week, like, Mike holy was, shit, he did 160. Yeah, last week was 100, 121, Mike, because I, I forgot to look nice. until like midweek. It was 121. <laughs> but, um, so here, here's a couple of things. And the, the notes I wrote down, but the first thing I wanted to say, and this I've said this to one other person, and I'm going to say it to you. This is mm-hmm. not going to sound like a compliment, but it is. Okay. I usually 100% despise when people tell their story um, in the steps. But yours mm. was wonderful. And the last person I said that to was Gio. And he was out right. with us literally a year ago because I'm hearing his clips on our – that's what made me think about the Facebook thing. The The people who used to tell their tell stories with the steps used to be like, step one is about this, and this is what I did. Step two is about this. And it's like, oh. But you told yours in – let's go back to long form. This nice interweave story that you know said this is the step and this is how I did it. It was wonderful. I truly appreciate it. 
totally engaging. So again, I knew it wasn't going to sound like a compliment, but it is. Um, but the other well, thing that you. you had, other thing that you had said is that um, you didn't do the step work like the big book. And I was just going to say that there's, I mean, the big book is, it's an, it's an outline. It's all suggestions and adding stuff and doing things outside of what that thing is. There's nothing wrong with that. You added some bulk to what the structure is, in my opinion. Right, Mike? I mean, it, it's not like yeah, he, absolutely. you didn't take the steps. And you're like, well, fuck one, two, and three. I worked on four, five, and six. <laughs> fuck seven. Um, I touched on eight. <laughs> Nine is okay. Ten I loved. And then fuck 11 and 12 is cool. You didn't do that. You worked all of them, but you you did it in, you just added shit to it. We know people mm-hmm. who have done Al-Anon and AA, and I like the way you talked about mm-hmm. that. We've known people who are total God guys and, and people who are not. We know people who, you know, um, different backgrounds, different lifestyles, all those different things. So all those things that you did, I don't think you went outside of the big book. You just added two and made it your own, which to me is cool. So I just wanted to tell you that I think that I think you're being hard on yourself by saying something like that. That's all. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, you and worked your program. That's augment you know, probably trust is me. a better term. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I, I mean, I worked my program and I'm sure there are plenty of AAs out there that would, you know, scream at me and tell me I'm doing it wrong. And I'm, you know, fuck you, man. <laughs> I'm sober and I'm happy and, and it's working for me. So yes, I, you know, work, but that's the that's the key word. You work, mm-hmm. you right. know, and you do it, and so it works for you. So you're a better person, and you make other people around you happier. That's all that fucking matters. Right. That's all that matters. And the the other thing that you talked about, and and I love the fact of um, given given the background on the trauma, but the way that you and and we've I've read plenty of stories, and I've heard this on other podcasts where there's there's trauma involved, and everything is kind of pinpointed on that saying that this is what caused everything. Um, it, unless I heard it differently, you, you, don't, you didn't do that, and it's not the way that you worked through this. You know, you recognized it, that there was there, and it was a factor, and you, it sounds like you've dealt with them separately. i got to get sober, but i got to recognize this is here. But this part of it allowed me to release some of this. So again, you took these as, as almost two separate things and worked them simultaneously, but didn't necessarily say, this happened. And so that's why I did this. And that that's how I took it. And I thought it was wonderful the way you explained it. And yeah. Well, I think you said, you know, that your sobriety gave you the room to work out the rest of this stuff, right. mm-hmm. which I thought was great. Yeah. yeah. And I, but I also drank at that. That was mm-hmm. at the end. Oh yeah. That was why sure. I was drinking the way I was like, oh, I sure. did mm-hmm. not want to feel, I wanted to be numb. And right. I knew I knew I had a problem. The last year, I knew I had a problem. I just didn't know what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't. And I I still struggle with this. I don't know how else we can make recovery accessible to people that were struggling like I was. Like, I had no clue who to reach out to or what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just went through that hamster wheel every day of getting up and being remorseful. I'm not going to drink today. And then I would feel bad about myself. And then, you know, the car on the way home, I'd stop at, at the store and pick up two magnums of wine and that's what i would drink right. every night right and yeah that just repeated every day it was awful. absolutely well yeah <laughs> that's so i much uh, i knew i was gonna is. have to deal with the demons in order to be right. sober and yes mm-hmm. i did them both um and i do i like that i really appreciate the feedback um i think augmenting the program is is better yeah mm-hmm. and that's a see that yoga is part of it too and also i try and eat really well 
um, mm-hmm. and I try and do some exercise. So that's kind of that holistic approach that I had listed in there is AA is a good chunk of it, but isn't all of it. Right. Um, right. There's other things that I pull in. Um, and I, I have a bunch of friends that are normies, you know, and mm-hmm. they know that I'm sober and support right. me and, and it's cool. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, same like, thing yeah. with my partner. I mean, we've been together for 27 years, so he's seen mm. the good, the bad and the ugly. And, <laughs> I bet. and it's, it's been great. Um, and he's very, very supportive and nice. funny. He worked in a bar. Um, when he was a teenager, he worked in his dad's bar. His dad owned a bar in Endicott, New York. Mm-hmm. And um, I can come home from a meeting and say a topic and he'll nail two shares. <laughs> I thought they said this. And I was like, when in, in the beginning, I it used to freak me out. I'm like, were you there? Like, it would be almost exactly what someone said. Right. I'm like, how do you know this? He goes, dude, I worked in a bar. He goes, we hung out with alcoholics, you know, they weren't sober. I can just imagine right. what they talked about in the meeting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, yeah, we're not special. <laughs> we're not unique. We're not different. We're garden variety drunks. Right. Oh, we are. But we're sober. Right. Yep. Well, and, it, and I want to continue to be so. The other mm-hmm. thing that, that actually made me laugh is when you were, and I forget who it was that you were talking to that said that you had to go to an AA meeting and then you said that they have gay AA. That's right. <laughs> because the, the reason I laugh so much, and, and I, I want to tell you why I laugh, but I also want to make a point to hopefully help somebody else. But um, in, in Cleveland, I mean, seriously, there's there are meetings for, and I'm telling you, everyone, young people, yep. gay, lesbian, LGBT, um, there's, you know, for african-american there's probably asian meetings there's all this different stuff there's this whole thing there's men's women's meetings women all meetings men's meetings women's meetings i knew i could say that um but the whole key there is that you know you can meet somebody that you're gonna have something in common with at any meeting but i think it's cool because you you kept you said that a couple of times i found my people i'm with my people that's part of that comfort thing you know so what I wanted to say to kind of anyone out there that might be listening, if you're, and I suppose it depends on where you live, if you can find an in-person meeting, but there is a thing called the internet. There is a thing called Zoom meetings. I guarantee you, if you do a search, if somebody's looking for a specific group, and I don't care what group you're looking for, you will find a meeting. Okay. Maybe not Mm -hmm. in your own backyard, depending on where you live. That's fine. Um, But you can go online and you can find, (laughs) you can find gay AA. You can find, you know, young AA, old crusty man AA. You can find, you know, old women AA. You can find everything, you know, but um, it just, it, it made me laugh because in, in Cleveland, again, there, there's such unbelievable variety. It's a buffet of AA, Mm -hmm. of AA out there. It's, it's wonderful. Wonderful. Charlotte's the same way. You can find a meeting yeah. from 5 a.m. till midnight or later, especially on a right. weekend. Right. And mm-hmm. at any time of the day. Um, and that's both virtual and they're, they're being hosted by people here, but that's both mm-hmm. virtual and in person. Um, right. And the meeting app is, is your friend. Yeah. The other thing that um, I'll say about meetings is um, I travel a lot for work. And every time my first sponsor, um, told me every time that you travel for work, just find some meetings. Mm -hmm. And I always do my research anytime I travel or we travel or whatever. I always find a bunch of meetings. Um, I may not go to them all, but I find them because that's in my back pocket. But I do try and go to meetings. And everywhere there's AA and Mm -hmm. they always welcome me and it's always there. And it's Mm -hmm. very welcoming. Um, Yeah. The the best one I went to was... um, 
the Brown Jug Club, I think it's called. It used to be a nightclub, but it's a sober, it's their sober clubhouse. It's in Paducah, Kentucky. I was doing a, a phone install there and um, like 80 people show up and there's a local prison there. So half these people are, are getting recovery that had just got out of prison or are on parole. And nice. it was very scary to walk into, <laughs> <laughs> but they were great. And it was AA and they remembered me because yeah. I had to go back every couple of weeks. I went back for like two months and they remember me They're like, you're the guy from Charlotte. Um, <laughs> and, and they had great recovery. Right. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was amazing. And I was like, this is everywhere. I mean, it's just, and I know some people that are flight attendants that have gone to meetings all around the world. Right. Right. Said the same things. Um, but it, I, the hand of AA is there. You just got to go find it. But I'm very Absolutely. grateful that Charlotte has a lot of good um, meetings in it. And I just changed my meeting schedule around. I'm, I'm starting to seek people that are more in the solution like you guys are. Mm. And so I, uh, the one I, put, I go to now is a closed step study on Tuesday nights. Um, and it's an interesting mixture of people and um, some really good recovery. And right. it's, mm-hmm. it's been very helpful. I do have a question. Sure. Um, speaking of that meeting, so they go over the steps. They do a step every week, and it just continues, and they do a tradition at the end. So I'm, right. I'm sure over the next year or so, because I'm going to go for a while, I'm going to have to talk about the same step over and over and over. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you quote, unquote, reshare your experience, strength, and hope without saying the same fucking story over and over <laughs> in a different way? Because you guys have been sober for 13 years. I know you share it me. Right. So right. how do you do right. that? Like, how do you, I hear some people, some people are really eloquent about it, but mm-hmm. I only have X amount of stories to tell in X amount right. of experience. Well, I mean, for me, you know, um, I try not to plan anything out, but I mean, when I share a lot of times, it is sort of the same thing. And I've got to remember that, you know, not it's not all about me. There are people in there that have not heard what I have to say yet. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody has heard what I'm saying already, well, maybe they didn't need the reminder. Or maybe they can just shut down and think about something else for a while. <laughs> but there's that new, but there's that new person there that's never heard it, and maybe you're going to give them that 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 thought bubble. You're going to give them that thing that you know you think, oh shit, I've said this you know over and over, but you've said it over and over because maybe it needs to be said over and over. So don't don't worry about it so much. Right. Just you know share what you have to share. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, and I would yeah. say uh, the same thing is that, uh, and Mike and I are the same opinion that we were we were kind of taught that that our sponsors told us that um, whatever comes out of your mouth while you're up, you know, behind a podium is what's in your heart that day, um, and everyone's going to have their, you know, usually kind of like a little bit of a lead in or whatever, and you know we don't tell a lot of backstories, you know, the drunk along type of thing, but um, you know we're going to tell the key points for that same exact reason. I mean, we started repeating stories on here for that same reason because at, at one point we're like, fuck, man, we talked about this didn't we We were like oh fuck it somebody didn't hear it you know but then the other thing is is that you know something probably happened in your life from between march and today you know so think of something that happened to you if you're looking for something fresh to add as a new story you know it's you're living life every single day you know you got all these new experiences but i think more to more to mike's point that um repetition is how uh, that's what we need as as these you know these people that we are i think repetition is key mm-hmm. you know 
Right. I got to remind myself every day that I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Step one, two, and three, first thing in the morning. That's right. And I've said this a million times. Twice a day, I've got to tell myself, people, places, and things, you can't control Mm -hmm. them. And, you know, I've been doing that for 13 fucking years, you know, and I'm just like, every day, I'm like, oh, really? I can't control this? But, um, but no, I mean, this is uh, all of this. I, I think all of this has been absolutely wonderful. And those are the main things that I, you know, that I kind of wrote down. But Drop the Rock, oh, that was the last thing. That's, I, I am familiar with the book. And I, every time it's brought up, I keep, I keep reminding myself or saying I should get that. But now I wrote it down. So, um, you know, that might be one that I kind of, kind of piece into to what I'm reading. Because there's four books I read now every morning. And it doesn't take long. You set an hour for your routine mine for my, my prayers and my readings and, and that sort of thing takes me about 20 minutes. I spend more time trying to get updated on fucking Instagram than I do with my, you know, with my readings and stuff in the morning. But, um, it's a, it's a process, but it's not hard, man. And it's, it's helpful. Def- yeah, totally. Um, yeah, the morning routine thing is, is real good. Oh, it's huge. And it, it's something that, uh, thankfully, uh, the people in my life know that I need it and, um, they know that I'll be a, a miserable son of a bitch if I don't do it. <laughs> yeah. so they give me plenty of space and they don't talk to me in the morning. Right. My parents all know, like, that's my time. But mm-hmm. I get up way before. When I go visit them in Colorado, I, I get up way before they do. So they don't. Mm-hmm. But they know that I have my time and they know that I go to meetings. Yeah. Um, right. And do Absolutely. That stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, um, I mean, I live by myself, so it's, you know, I, I do that every day, but you know, yes, if I'm traveling or I'm with somebody or I'm staying with somebody or whatever, yeah, I, if I have to get up earlier, I have to get up earlier to have my space to get my head right every day. Cause yeah, miserable son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fucking, I can't even, I can't even imagine it at this point, mm-hmm. not taking those 15, 20 minutes in the morning every day to get my day going. I, I just couldn't do it. Right. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, I don't care. I'll be late for work. I don't give a fuck. You know, <laughs> I, I need to do this every day. First, it's first and foremost. Nothing else comes before that. Yeah. Agreed. Def- yep. So put your, put your sobriety first. Go yep. ahead, Bill. Yeah. So Gary, any, anything else that you want to, um, just as a, as a wrap up here, anything else that, that you want to say to kind of, kind of leave with people as a, as a wrap up, any, any words of, words of Gary wisdom that you want to leave with people? Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole bunch, but, I, uh, I guess the the biggest thing is that, you know, everything starts today and, um, it does work if you work it. Um, I sponsor four guys and they all work different levels of it and, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Cause that's what they do. Um, I'm not in control of others. All I can do is is be there to show them that this does work. Um, I do want to say if you're if you're someone like me that's that's been through the ringer like that, um, there is you can get on the other side of it. You you can survive. And what I what I'm working on now in um, both in my program and in therapy is to is to thrive because that's the next step. Um, so. I, I just want people to know that you're not alone and that uh, there is help out there, both in mm-hmm. recovery and outside of recovery, even though it all kind of blends together and that it does work if you work it. It's not fun. It's not fun work, <laughs> but it is very rewarding. Um, right. The, the odd part with the sobriety is over time, 
I don't mind doing that work. Right. I really don't. It's set in front of me and I don't mind doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I do it at a much slower pace now because in the beginning it was like a marathon and I had to get the steps done, but, um, I don't view it that way anymore. This is a journey. It's not a, there's no end. Right. I think Mike, you said last week that the end, uh, you graduate when you die sober. Yep. Yep. And I think that was great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's when this thing ends. Yep. And I appreciate I the die feedback sober. and I appreciate what you guys, you guys do here. I think it's, I think it's important. And I like the fact that you say that, you know, you have a, you may not have a huge people group of people that listen, but they're loyal and they're engaged. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, all I did was email Bill twice. <laughs> and it was half, I was half joking. I was like, you know, Hey, have you ever had someone that listens on? And you're like, well, not this month, but next month you can come in September. I was like, Holy shit. It's invited me. <laughs> yeah. It was, Cause I, think... I was freaked out for like a week. I was like, what did I do? And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to roll with it. Well, and you know that we get, um, we get enough requests. The majority of the people that have approached us, you know, have, have appeared. Some people, um, you know, if, um, just aren't a fit, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is. And it doesn't mean that, um, it's not saying anything on our end or their end or whatever, but we, you know, kindly tell people sometimes that we don't think it'd be a good fit, you know, but I always, same thing I told you, you know, have you listened? You need to listen. Cause the last thing in the world we need is to somebody to get on here. That's never listened to us before, you know, and, Everything might be cool, but then it might might offend somebody, and then it's going to just fuck up the entire conversation. So, yeah, um, no, I love that you're raw and real. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, the thing of it is, is that, um, and Mike said it. Mike said it best. It was a few weeks ago, I think, that you said that um, we're not polished, we're not edited, <laughs> so we don't do it no. out here. And uh, and I'm like, that's a good way to put it. And that was actually just a few weeks ago. You said that maybe when we were on that other podcast, but uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, I think it yeah. was when we were on that other one. However, However, however you said that, yeah, it was, that's uh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that'll be shit. That should be out on. I think that'll be out on Monday. Monday. Yeah, I think she said the eleventh. Yeah, so that uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that date, but I don't know. And that was that was bad. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, I know. I don't believe that one. But but seriously, Gary, thank you. Um, we we truly truly appreciate it. Um, yeah, this is yeah, this was very. Yeah, it's cool, been a man. lot of fun, yeah, and I mean that cool sincerely, me man. You you walk through that. It was just this whole. I just a great story that uh, how you told it through the steps and. Um, I, I, I'm happy that you told it that way, but, um, so you, I know you've heard the way that we end this. So it's, it's oh, Mike. Yes. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's, it's my turn. turn. Go ahead, Mike. I say it he right knows along it. With He knows it. it. He's heard I it. Know. We're going to do it. All right, everybody settle down. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. Gary, thanks for coming on, man. This was really cool. I had a great time tonight. As always, be kind to each other, be good to each other, do something nice for somebody else this week, and don't tell anybody about it. And now it's time, kids. It's time for you to fuck off. Then keep fucking off. Keep fucking off till you get to a gate with a sign on it saying you cannot fuck off past here. Climb over that gate, dream the impossible dream, and keep fucking off forever. (laughs) And I seriously say that with you every single episode. It's my Yay. favorite part. It's it's one of my favorite parts. And like I said, even when I know it's coming up, and like this time he's like, ah, he's heard it. Come on, shut up, everyone, shut up, shut up, shut up. Because <laughs> he's also looking at the time. It's uh, it's nine twenty seven real time or nine twenty eight, whatever it is, real time. Yeah, so it is. But um, seriously, hopefully uh, you had your pizza. 
Yeah, we did. We both oh, did. Yeah. Yeah, you, of again, course. you do listen, man. I like that. <laughs> I do listen. Yeah, you do listen. <laughs> I remember. And um, <laughs> as always, this will obviously this will be this will be up tomorrow so you can hear it. But um, thank cool. you again, Mike. Um, obviously I love you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. I and love Gary, you too. Have a good night, everyone. All right. Bye. 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 As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.